By 2050, more than two-thirds of the global population will live, commute and work in urban areas. As urban populations grow, so does the need for more sustainable and eco-friendly mobility. Fortunately, consumers today have shown growing preferences year-on-year towards electric vehicles, according to Deloitte's 2020 Global Automotive Consumer Study. What constitutes the shift towards this new paradigm of electromobility? Why are people buying more EVs and how do we accelerate this trend globally? Today, we discuss the journey towards the future of sustainable mobility. Hi everyone, welcome to another edition of our Future Mobility series, bringing you the top voices from the sector. Decision makers, innovators and shapers pushing the envelope on future ideas for transportation and beyond. I'm your host Deshraf and today we are joined by Marcus Bartenschlager, Managing Director at Digital Charging Solutions. Marcus, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Now, I'd like to start off with your introduction. Marcus, can you share with us more about what Digital Charging Solutions has been doing to drive change towards electromobility as well as your role in it? Well, the uh, whole mission started in 2012, where we started with a very, very little team within BMW with the support of Deloitte at that time and to establish first digital charging service for the use of public charging for BMW customers called ChargeNow. We developed this service mainly for the implementation of the i3 in November 2013, where we then opened up services uh, in about 20 countries worldwide and established the, the service from there on into 39 countries. Here we use different uh, partners to establish this business, but soon we acknowledged that we want to have more control over the service, not handing over the customer to different network partners and suppliers of charging services in the different countries, but to be able to better influence the development and to be able to scale the business. A digital service and a digital business is something you need to scale. Otherwise, you cannot fulfill the expectations of the customer. You cannot do scale effects on the cost side. and You cannot be uh, attractive in the long term. So I was asking the BMW board at that time to really uh, carve that business out and uh, bring out a company that is independent and uh, works for everybody and delivers service to even competition of uh, BMW to be able to attract a much broader customer group and then also push back the benefits to our shareholder when the size of the business is growing and we can get better prices, influence the development of collaboration partners and uh, the development of charging services. Now, Marcus, expanding on what you've just mentioned, could you share when DCS officially started and what was the initial focus for the company? 
So that was in 2017 of BCS, and we started to develop a completely new IT system, which then had its start for eTron service in November 2018, and of course, continuation of the BMW charging service. At that point of time, we really tried to focus on the digital public charging service and try to bring up the coverage in Europe wide as possible, and we then connected about 500 different network partners into our solution. Today, we are still focusing on OEM solutions, so we have 13 brands at this point of time under contract, and we serve our customers with app solutions, with APIs, uh, to deliver them the right service to open up the white label service towards their customers. So we let our OEMs uh, build their own brand, like the Mercedes Mini Charging Service. Now we have the Mini Charging Service, BMW Charging Service, and others. Uh, last week we introduced the service for, for the FCA brands. And now we go beyond OEM service, and we also focus on fleet customers. Fleet customers also want to have uh, digital charging services beyond uh, public. And therefore, we are now working on home and workplace charging solutions, but also looking at the digital part of home and workplace charging. So basically, we are really pioneers in this field of uh, e-mobility, and we are an intermediary of collecting all the different chargers out there and bring it to one accessible service, one easy and convenient service for finding the right charger, using the charger, and it was really uh, an interesting start to start with the premium OEMs because the premium OEMs always ask for more and uh, want to really develop their service to fulfill the customer expectations in the right way. And uh, now that we are experiences in this, many other players out there can benefit uh, from our solution. The EV charging infrastructure market is projected to grow tremendously as more people switch to EVs. I wanted to hear from you, what and how big of a role do you think infrastructure plays in driving the adoption of EVs? Yeah, in my opinion, the nationwide charging infrastructure is one of the major factors that will help e-mobility to achieve the breakthrough. Because you have to think that the difference between driving a combustion car and driving an EV is charging. And there you need to differentiate between public chargers available to everybody, workplace chargers available for employees, and private chargers to use at home. And there is significant improvement in every sector. And starting uh, with a public charging infrastructure, where ECS really a specialist in to bring services across to the customer. In the first months, we were really focusing on coverage to really bring all the different players together. And as I said, it's in Europe, about 500 different players. Uh, we had to connect to really deliver significant coverage. And it's ongoing because the networks are growing. And for Europe, it was expected that maybe in 2030, we will have at least 1 million public chargers to be necessary to fill the expectations and growth of EVs. 
and there's a big trend of having chargers with higher energy capacity so that charging is getting much faster. The batteries of uh, the cars are growing. So um, there is a demand for so-called DC chargers, fast chargers, 50 kilowatt hours, and so-called HPC, high power chargers, which go from 150 to 350 kilowatt hours to really bring an option or uh, a service for the EV driver to go from A to B. But not only the coverage is necessary, also the quality and the reliability of charging is really very, very important. Um, there is one example which is really a story where a government really didn't succeed in setting up a major charging network in the right way. It was Japan. In Japan, uh, they took a lot of money and budget from the governments and uh, pushed to set up a lot of chargers, but the chargers were not uh, connected to each other and uh, were placed in the wrong destinations. So the customers didn't feel uh, really well charging at some remote places without any kind of services around and uh, attractive uh, things to do. So uh, this was an investment really going in the wrong direction and it's a good example which uh, should not be followed. So as I said, quality, reliability is very, very important and to give the customer the right information about how to use the charger, about the availability and uh, many more uh, data which are necessary to fulfill the expectation. And the third topic that is key is to really bring out advanced services. So for example, we really try to now serve the customer with an intelligent e-routing and new technologies as uh, plug and charge where it's easy to just take the cable, plug it into the car and then uh, get your charge without thinking of any kind of card which is necessary or any kind of tech solution uh, you need. And um, this is, I think, the, the right development. So it's not only uh, the numbers of charges, but it's the quality, it's liability, and uh, it's the service around to make it easy for handling. Now, in addition, what do you think will be the direction of EV infrastructure development in the future? Yeah, as I said, we really need to build up HPC stations across the highways to really connect uh, also long distances. But uh, we also need fast charges in urban areas where it's really hard to have the right amount of power. You will see that also the big oil companies will use their facilities uh, within the cities to create interesting charging hubs where you get a fast charge, uh, where you get location-based services around. There you will find that uh, they target that charging becomes as easy and fast as fueling. And on the other side, of course, in the urban areas, it's difficult to charge your car overnight. So here you will see much more charging stations that help the people in the urban areas. They have no own parking solution. 
and therefore they have to charge overnight and then need to tackle the problem of parking and charging as a combined service. And I think these will be future trends. The infrastructure, I think plug and charge is something in the development right now so that the customer does not need to use an RFID card or any kind of authentication, but simply plugs in his cable and the authentication runs via the back end of the car. So to make it really, really easy and convenient for the customer, that is, I think, one of the biggest topics of the EV infrastructure development in the future. That's an interesting point, and I wanted to build on top of what you've mentioned. With the ongoing COVID-19 crisis, do you think the uncertainty introduced by the pandemic will have any significant impact on the development of EV technologies? Yeah, I think that's a good question. Of course, COVID-19 had also an impact on the development of the EV industry. We can see, of course, that the EV sales dramatically dropped down. And also from our service, we can see that the charging sessions, of course, moved down quite significant. But it takes up quite quickly now, we see our KPIs. And I personally think that governments also open up their purse and give more subsidies, especially now Europe from the European government or from the local governments. You see that unbroken drive to make the e-mobility successful. So I also think that people are getting more conscious about the environment now that uh, they took a break, went home and thought about life and the environment. So I think it will be paused now, but then the industry will really maybe benefit from the COVID-19 situation. In recent years, the EV industry has seen numerous collaborations between major players for joint solutions. Marcus, I want to hear more from you on how beneficial have collaborations with other mobility ecosystem players been in driving the adoption of EVs? I think it's one of the most important topics, the collaboration between the major players for having joint solutions. As I said previously, we are in contact with 500 different players out there who are setting up EV chargers. We are together with most impactful power supplier. We are in close collaboration with EV manufacturers. We are in close cooperation with oil industry and also with the tech industry. And that is really the important thing that uh, collaboration is key to overcome the hurdles of all the problems we were identifying. If you see how much data we are shifting back and forth, how much intelligence we need to serve the customers, then you see how much collaboration is necessary. And every industry really needs, needs to work together here. And looking ahead into the future, Marcus, from your extensive operations in Europe, do you think governments and countries in Europe are setting the example for other regions in making positive steps towards EVs. Yeah, I think the subsidy programs are now really taking off. You can see that, for example, the 
VAT reductions are really important for the fleet segment to really make it attractive for fleet users to buy EVs. And it takes time that, for example, the responsibles in the different companies for the EV fleets may adjust their fleet programs for their drivers. But this is something that is in motion right now. And we will really see an impact here also coming from the subsidies of the governments in the near future. I wanted to pick off from your last point and ask you to weigh in on this. Do you think the transition to EV will be fronted by commercial vehicles or personal vehicles? Yeah, in the future, majority of EVs will come from fleet segment as large fleets are being converted from diesel to plug-in hybrids or eventually towards F fleets. But private households are more and more opening up to, to using EVs as well. And commercial vehicle sector, it really depends on the offer of the different EVs because you, uh, you need to really serve different usage patterns. For example, you see that small commercial vehicles are now necessary to get into cities, to the inner cities, to be able to drive there because it's for ICE cars. At some cities in Europe, it's uh, even not allowed to enter and to do your business. But for long distances, I think the offer of BEVs is still not sufficient. Maybe plug-in hybrids will be the right solution here. So it really is a question if the options for the right customer segment is available. And today the choice is quite small, quite limited. Building on that point, we've started to see different mobility modes looking to adapt into EV fleets. How effective has this transition been? And are there any other factors that should be considered? Yeah, it's a good question. I was expecting much more EVs coming to the car sharing, ride hailing and rental fleets quite faster. But if you look into the fleets there, you can hardly see any big portion of EVs at that time. And I think there are some hurdles to overcome. Basically, topic of charging, if you look at the car sharing cars, they need to be charged by the customers and therefore you need an attractive and easy to use service. Otherwise, you have to use your fleet force and these are tremendous costs to fill up the car again, uh, to fill up the battery again with some external people. And therefore, the business case is really hard to achieve for car sharing companies. And the same holds for ride hailing services and, uh, and taxi services, where, of course, the total cost of ownership are very, very important. And you can see some Teslas running around and some plug-in hybrids running around where, where the TC total cost of ownership really decreased and the taxi driver will have a benefit out of it. But still, uh, I think the range at some point not sufficient and you need to have an intelligent e-routing able to fill up the car the right destination along your way and you need a good fleet management when you, uh, you want to, to manage your rental or your ride-hailing fleet. 
And these are all topics that CS is also driving forward to fulfill the expectations of these few customers. And then I think the adoption of these will really take up there as well. And finally, I'd like to wrap things up and ask something a bit more personal. Marcus, what excites you most about the future of mobility that gets you up every morning? Yeah, it's, it's a combination of many things. Uh, as uh, I said, bringing together uh, different industries and playing a role as the one who combines all these industries for one target to supply the, the customers with a sufficient service for EV driving. And that is something that drives me every day to convince that uh, our service is necessary for the major adoption of uh, EV driving and to make uh, the people understand that we need to work together can really fulfill the expectations of mass market. Because if you envisage uh, that maybe in the the far future, millions of uh, EVs will drive through the cities and uh, on the highways, you can imagine how much intelligence it needs to really fulfill the expectations that everybody can go from A to B and without uh, running out of charge. And this is something we are really driving forward and make the people understand. And uh, with this vision, uh, everybody is really motivated to work together. And this is driving me every day. And uh, of course, uh, also my team is really passionate about this industry, these ideas to really have an impact, to work together on new solutions, to sometimes fail but uh, then stand up again and create a better solution. And I think we are happily in in an industry that is supported by all the different players from the government side, from uh, the OEM side, from the power supplier. Um, So I think we will have interesting time ahead of us. This is always a motivator to wake up in the morning and to go to work. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. I'd like to thank our guests for joining me today. Marcus, thank you for such an interesting conversation. In the meantime, if you want to comment on this podcast or the topics covered, you can send us an email at cpodcast at Deloitte.com. That's spelled S-E-A podcast at Deloitte.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to get the latest episodes. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. I am Dishroff, and until next time.